Hey guys, I'd like to introduce you to a new podcast that I know you're going to love. Do you like travel? Do you like picturesque locations and getting away from it all? Well, this new podcast has all that and murder. It's called Slaycation, and it's a darkly humorous look at murders and mysterious deaths that took place on vacation. Hosted by a true crime fanatic, her comedy writer husband and his TV producing partner, Slaycation brings a unique perspective to chilling, thrilling, and WTF stories of vacations gone horribly wrong. From the twisted tale of Harold and Tony Henthorne, whose romantic anniversary in the Rocky Mountains ended with one of them falling off a cliff, to Angelica and Vincent, two recently engaged lovebirds whose Hudson Valley kayaking adventure ended underwater. Each episode of Slaycation will have you asking, accident or murder? But it's not just the stories that'll intrigue you. It's the discussion between a longtime married couple and business partners who happen to be Emmy-nominated TV producers. Each episode of Slaycation also includes humor, takeaway and travel tips that will keep your next vacation from being your last. If you're ready to pack your body bags, Slaycation is available on all major podcast platforms. Search for Slaycation on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Procurement is a demon that walks among us, a predator that ruined families. The Lisk Long Island Serial Killer podcast was shocked when the news broke of Rex Hewerman's arrest. After more than a decade of searching, law enforcement officials had finally pieced together enough evidence to bring formal charges against Rex Hewerman. Initially charged with three murders, Hewerman is now officially charged with all four deaths in the Gilgo 4 case. I'm your host, Chris Moss, and the List podcast will be releasing new episodes with interviews and fresh insight on the case as Rex Hewerman awaits trial in Long Island. While we are relieved by the arrest, the List podcast team will be working hard to share new developments and perspectives as we get them. So please keep your eyes and ears out for new episodes, and if you haven't already, please listen to seasons one and two of Lisk, Long Island Serial Killer, wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to Twisted News. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. In today's episode, we have an insane story out of Iowa, where a woman recently claimed that her father was a prolific serial killer for most of his life before passing away in 2013. After that, I'll tell you about the harrowing story of a woman out of Washington who fought her way out after being buried alive. Get ready for scary mysteries, twisted news. Number one, Iowa's prolific serial killer. Family legacies are passed on from one generation to the next. Of course, every family would want to be remembered for something great and inspiring and never anything negative. However, there's one family that may have to live with the horrors of being related to possibly one of the most dangerous people in all of Iowa. Just recently, the story of what could be the most prolific serial killer in the state of Iowa swept local news, and the source of it was the accused's own flesh and blood. Lucy Studi reported to authorities that her father, Donald Dean Studi, was a serial killer for most of his adult life in Thurman, Iowa, before he passed away in March of 2013 at the age of 75. 
Donald had a preference for his victims. There were white women with dark hair in their 20s and 30s, and they were either transients or sex workers, all except for a 15-year-old who had run away from home. Lucy believes that the number of his victims ranged from 50 to 70 women over the span of 30 years. She described her father, Donald, as someone who had a criminal history his entire life. He used different aliases and even changed the spelling of his last name from study to studi. In the 1950s, he was in prison for petty larceny in Missouri, and then in 1989, he also spent jail time in Omaha for drunk driving. Lucy recalled that while growing up, her father was someone who had a bad temper and was routinely drunk. She and the authorities believe that Donald was luring women from around Omaha, Nebraska and bringing them to his property, which was around five acres of farmland and hills with dense trees. In his trailer, he would either shoot or stab them or smash or kick them in the head. The latter allegedly being his preferred killing method. After the victim succumbed to her injuries, Donald would then order his children, a son and three daughters, to go to the well, which, as Lucy shared, immediately meant they had to bury someone. The body would be transported in a wheelbarrow or toboggan by Donald, and once they reached that well, the body would be dumped into it, and the children would then cover it with lye and dirt. Lucy informed the police that Donald did this for over three decades, that she did her best to tell on her father for decades, and yet no one would listen to her. Her teachers would brush it aside as a family matter that needed to be dealt with in private, and her reports to the authorities back then fell on deaf ears as they said they couldn't rely on a child's memory. However, Lucy insists that despite her being a child, all those times were heavily ingrained in her head. Even assured law enforcement that she could show where the bodies were buried. One of the most unforgettable things for her was the fact that she even feared for her own life when Donald would tell them to go to the well. Different law enforcement agencies have now started to pay attention to Lucy's story, though. Currently involved in this case are the Iowa Division of Criminal Investigations, the Fremont County Sheriff's Department, the Omaha Police Department, and the FBI, Omaha Division. But one major issue is threatening the credibility of Lucy's accounts. Her sister Susan, who is two years her senior, is refuting all these accusations Lucy made against their father. Susan said that their dad was strict, but he was never a serial killer. She also vowed to restore their family name from the statements made by her own sister. The Studi siblings have another sister, but... It's not yet clear if the authorities have been able to make contact with her. The only brother, on the other hand, took his own life at the age of 39. Somehow, the attempts to take their own lives seem to be a common thread in that family. Donald had two wives, both of whom died by suicide. Reportedly, one died by strangling herself with an electrical cord while the other one shot herself in the head. Donald also attempted to take his own life on two separate occasions. As for now, the investigation is still in its infancy stage, where everything is still being processed, particularly Lucy's claims. She, along with law enforcement, showed where the supposed well was. 
The same location was also scouted by two cadaver dogs, both of which detected remains in the area. Susan, however, dismissed this. She said that the cadaver dogs possibly detected other animal bones or the remains of their stillborn sister. The different claims of the siblings are yet to be proven, as a full excavation of the site may cost the sheriff's office up to $300,000. The FBI in Omaha was reported to have scouted the area more than a year ago and informed the co-owner of the land, Sean Smith, that they would return in August of 2022 to dig up the site, but no further updates have been released to the public. The fact that all these law enforcement agencies are involved tell you that Lucy could possibly be telling the truth. For now, it's unclear if Donald was just as Lucy described him to be, but the possibility of it is still terrifying. If the investigators can match any DNA that they could get from the alleged remains to reported missing persons cases, particularly in Omaha during the time of these attacks as testified by Lucy, then this would make Donald one of the most terrifying, prolific serial killers in the entire U.S. Number 2. Buried Alive Survival We all know relationships aren't perfect. Even those who seem to have great chemistry may only be showing a facade hiding something rotten underneath. For couples who have trouble, it's usual for them to choose to separate amicably like for married couples who end up filing for divorce. Somehow, this solution can often work, but sadly, there are those who end up choosing a much darker path, and they want to sever their ties with their partner in the worst ways. Recently, a couple from Washington was going through a messy and rough divorce when a horrible incident shocked their community. 42-year-old young Anne was living with her two children in their family's home. Her estranged husband, 53-year-old Cha Ann, stayed someplace else as Young also previously filed a restraining order against her husband, which was eventually rescinded before this horrific incident. Apparently, Che had threatened to kill her before, but the police didn't take her report all too seriously. On October 16th of this year, Young and the two children came home from church and found Che in the house. Despite living separately, it was later revealed that Che still went into the home weekly to do laundry. Over this time, what he did was much more than wash his clothes. The couple had a heated argument regarding their divorce and finances. Che even allegedly told Young that he'd rather kill her than give her his retirement money. Che then attacked and beat up Young, then hogtied and gagged her up with duct tape. During a brief moment when Che left the room, Young managed to notify her children and a friend about what was happening before calling 911 with her Apple Watch. The dispatcher was able to hear her scream for help before she was taken away by her husband to the garage. And there, Che used a hammer to smash her watch before throwing her into his car and driving off. When he stopped, Young said that she heard what sounded like digging in the dirt. Then, the next time she saw Che, he had a blade with him that he used to stab her in the chest with. Next, she was thrown into the shallow grave that her husband had dug for her. He then covered her up with dirt and a heavy tree before driving off. 
Miraculously, though, Young managed to stay conscious throughout the entire ordeal. She found a way to breathe despite being underground, and even eventually dug herself out of that grave. At about one in the morning on October 17th, police responded to a home located in Lacey, which was southwest of Seattle, because a severely distressed woman was banging on their door and asking for help. The police, upon arriving at the scene, found her hiding behind a shed on the property. As soon as they identified themselves, Young told her that her husband attempted to kill her by stabbing her and burying her in the ground. They described her as covered in dirt with duct tape still hanging off her face, neck, and ankles. Investigators later learned that Young ran for about 20 to 30 minutes looking for help before stumbling upon that home. They also soon learned that her earlier attempt to seek help didn't go in vain, as the police had also come to their house after her garbled distress call to 911. However, Che had already left the property when the officers arrived with Young in the back of the car. But a search at that time for Young was launched and the police were able to gather some surveillance videos, which helped them identify and eventually locate Che's vehicle. After about six hours, law enforcement was able to arrest Che in his vehicle near the woods. He is currently being held without bail and is facing charges of attempted first-degree murder, first-degree domestic violence kidnapping, and first-degree domestic violence assault. This is a tragic story that Young still has to see through the end. As if their ugly divorce wasn't enough, she now has to face her husband-turned-murderer in court as she fights for justice. So there you go, guys. There was two of the most unsettling news stories that we have for you guys today. If you like this episode, please check out more. You know, we got two coming out every single week for you guys to listen to. If you're interested in other stories that are discussed more in-depth, remember to check out our other podcast called Every Town, because every town has a dark side. Until next time, hope you're doing well. Stay safe out there and I'll see you soon.